This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. Depression. Anger. PTSD. Suicide. Who am I? What do I do now? Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode. Um, I've been thinking a lot about why veterans just have a difficult time expressing what they're feeling. Besides, you know, just being a man and not wanting to come across as weak and, you know, things like that, but uh, it goes deeper. And I'm trying, I was trying to just think through some of the things that contribute to that. And one thing that I uh, started looking at and thinking about was when guys or girls join the military, they're the new guy. They're the new girl. Uh, They, they get treated like the new guy. And Talking to people, talking to any of the older senior members of the military, whether that's, you know, a, a salty lance corporal or, a, you know, a corporal or a, a sergeant, staff sergeant, you know, a senior NCO, whatever it is, you don't talk to those people. You only talk to those people when you have to. You don't just walk up and talk to them. And... Let's just say, for example, something bad happens to PFC Schmuckatelli, like they used to say. It was always PFC Schmuckatelli if you didn't have a name for him. Anyway, so Schmuckatelli's out there, and they're training, and uh, one of his friends uh, gets shot in training and almost dies. He's wounded. Schmuckatelli's right there trying to help him out. Uh, doesn't really know what to do because he's just so junior. He doesn't really know what's going on. He's just applying pressure to the wound, and then everybody shows up and starts screaming at him to get out of the way, and that's kind of it. <clears throat> so he's got this traumatic event that happened, and then he was a witness to, um, and it affected him badly. It it affects him badly. Like he's just he's real upset about it. He wishes he could have done more. He wishes he would have known what to do. He feels like it's his fault. Maybe it was his fault. Maybe he's the one who pulled the trigger uh, and accidentally shot his friend. I don't know. But in this made-up scenario, let's just assume that he was very deeply involved in this whole situation and it affected him badly. Who is he going to talk to? He can go to the chaplain But to go to the chaplain, he's going to have to request to go to the chaplain. And that is going to require him to go to one of his senior NCOs or somebody who's been in a lot longer and done a lot more than him and say, hey, I'd like to talk to the chaplain. And usually that's probably going to be like, oh, really? You want to talk to the chaplain? Why? Did you get your feelings hurt? Why? Are you upset? Are you sad? You want to talk to the chaplain? 
And that's, you know, and that, that'd probably be the end. He'd probably, you know what, never mind, I'm good. I don't want to talk to him anymore. Because nobody wants to get made fun of. Um, you know, let's say he tries to talk to one of his NCOs about it. Be like, well, can I talk to you? And be like, about what? You know, and then, well, when, you know, my friend got shot. And they're like, yeah, what about it? And they kind of, they immediately start getting the vibe of, well, it's not a big deal. They don't think it's a big deal, so it must not be a big deal. And then they just clam up. They don't want to talk about it because every time they start to broach that subject, it gets made out to be like it's not a big deal. So, but why is that? And what I heard the other day that made me think about this was too many people wear their their trauma or they carry their trauma like a trophy. And I thought, man, that is 100% accurate because veterans carry their trauma and they wear it. And just the example that came to mind was ribbons, ribbon stacks. Everybody wants a stack. Everybody wants a thick stack of ribbons. They want all the, all the ribbons they can get. Okay. The more ribbons you have, the saltier you are. You've got these sergeants major that have, you know, just absolutely ridiculous uh, stacks of service ribbons. And you can tell their history just by looking at the service ribbons. Most of it anyway. And veterans, I remember when I was active duty, I mean, that's all I wanted was just to get more ribbons. And the one that I wanted the most was a combat action ribbon. And once I got that, I was like, yeah, I made it. And then, you know, it turns out it wasn't as cool as I thought it would be. But it's still a point of pride for me is the fact that I, I did see combat. And I'm still here. I came out the other side. The example that came to my mind was too many men in the military and women in the military treat their trauma like ribbons. And they try to get as much of it as they can so they can show it off. And it's not that they're happy about it, but they hold on to it and they cling to it like it's a badge of honor. And then when another younger, new member shows up and something happens to them or they see it happen or whatever and they bring it up that senior member is automatically like excuse me do you see this giant stack of trauma that i have here yours doesn't even compare so don't talk to me and they immediately are like well the newer members are like well yeah i mean you're right it doesn't compare i've never seen my buddy get blown up or i've, I've never been shot i've never x y or z just fill in the blank um, and it just, it, it creates this culture of until you've experienced as much as I've experienced, don't talk to me, but here's the thing. There's always somebody who has experienced more trauma than you or more pain than you. And it's, it's never going, you're never going to be 
that person that you know you're the and on it's like okay let's just let's let's say you're the most traumatized person in the world like c- congratulations like that's not a good thing that's a terrible thing cuz imagine the weight you'd have to carry every day it just it would be terrible like the new guys are thinking my trauma doesn't compare to this guy's so i can't talk to him Okay, well, that guy's trauma doesn't compare to, say, another guy who was in Afghanistan or Iraq when his, you know, when his AAV got hit by a rocket and his entire squad died, uh, or the guy that was in Vietnam and witnessed God knows what, or the guy that was in Korea and was at the Chosen Reservoir. Or the guy that was in World War II and was at D-Day or Guadalcanal or any of them. World War One, Like, it just keeps going back. Like, yes, everyone has trauma and there's always going to be somebody with more trauma than you. But as active duty military and veterans, we have to do better with understanding that just because something doesn't affect you doesn't mean it didn't affect somebody else. And just because you have a lot of trauma or you've done a lot, you've seen a lot, you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, got the ribbons, got the scars. Just because you've got all that does not make you too good to talk to somebody. You have all these experiences and you have all this wisdom that you could impart to them and say, yeah, I watched this happen. I watched a dude get blown 60 feet in the air and chunks of his body landed in the wadi around me and splashed me in the face. And that affected me negatively. And that's... Yeah, so... I was negatively affected. And then, and then instead of saying, until you've experienced that, don't talk to me. No, you say, I've experienced that. And the only way that I was able to really get through it was to talk, to talk through it and to explain it to people. And the only thing that helped is people that are willing to listen. Veterans and active duty don't want to go talk to someone who doesn't understand. They don't want to go talk to a therapist that sits in, a, in an office all day long and listens to people, you know, complain about their triggers, like civilians that have never done anything or gone anywhere. And they complain about, you know, X, Y, and Z. And they they don't want to talk to those people. They want to talk to someone who understands. They want to talk to you. They want to talk to the guy who's been there and done it. Because you've been there and done it and you've come through it. But if you're too closed off and you're too, quote-unquote, good or too, quote-unquote, traumatized to talk to someone about their trauma, you're not doing anybody any good. And everybody hates on these peer-to-peer support groups and, you know, they're like, oh, I got to go sit and talk about my feelings. But do you realize that that's exactly what we need? Is to be able to talk about what we're feeling. It doesn't have to be all lovey-dovey and we all sit around and hold hands and sing kumbaya and, you know, hug each other. We don't know. You're still a man. You're still a woman. 
you're still a veteran. You're still whatever you are. But like they've said, does it take more strength to cry by yourself or does or to cry in front of others? It takes a hell of a lot more strength to cry in front of somebody else. And you know when you're in those groups and nobody wants to share, you know what it takes to get people to open up? One person. One person being honest and saying, yeah, that, that affected me. Uh, that actually uh, drove me to, to drink a lot uh, to the point where I would forget or at least think that I forgot or to the point that I passed out or it drove me to drugs or it drove me to self-isolate and just stuff all of my emotions down deep inside and my anger became uncontrollable. Uh, it caused whatever. But the most influential people are the ones that have been there and done that and the ones that the others, the new guys look up to. And if you being that person who has been there, done it, seen it, come through it, will stand up and say, yes, that affected me. This is how it affected me. And this is what I did to get, to get better. We could stop so many veteran suicides and mental health issues and addictions and toxic behaviors. But too many people are like, oh, I'm not going to be the one. I'm not going to be the one to stand up and say that I was affected or that I was, the trauma affected me. I'm not affected by anything. And they hide behind their mask of unaffected superiority. They sit there and they say, I'm better than all of them because they're saying they were affected. I wasn't. And that makes me better and stronger than them. And that's not true. It's not. You can think that, and you can say that, and you can hide behind your mask. It does not make you stronger. And it's not helping anybody. We have got to do better and be better about allowing people to talk. And this doesn't mean that we have to just... I, I can already hear people saying, well, we're just going to let everybody be victims now. No, that's not what I'm saying, and that's not what needs to happen. There are too many people in the world today that have a victim mentality like, oh, I'm a victim because this happened to me or that happened to me or I saw something scary once and you know, now I'm negatively affected and I need all these meds and I have PTSD from being yelled at. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone who's been through legitimate trauma and they want to talk about it, but they're afraid to. And the reason they're afraid to is because every time they start to bring it up, these guys that they look up to or that they're, they respect, or, you know, quite frankly, they're afraid of say, that's not a big deal. Get over it, dude. Like people get shot all the time. You're right. It's not necessarily a huge deal compared to maybe something you've been through or something that you've seen, but to them, that may be the worst thing they've ever witnessed. That may have been the worst day of their lives so far. And even if it's not a big deal to you, like we were, I was at a group the other day and this woman started talking about her cat and her cat died and everything in me wanted to be like, lady, it's a cat. Nobody cares. But this woman, the only friend in the world that she had 
that she believed that she had. Her perception was the only friend that she had was this cat that she'd had for like 18 years. And when this cat died, it was it affected her bad, badly. So to sit there and be like, it's not, a, it's just a cat lady. Get over it. Who does that help? No one. Do we have to sit there and you know encourage her to wallow in her pity and her pain? No. But what harm came from me sitting there and the, the group of us sitting there and listening to her for 15 minutes? Because she talked for quite a while about this cat. And we sat there for a while listening to it. And eventually we, you know, we moved on with the conversation on to other things. But she needed to get that out about how much she missed her cat. Now, if every time she comes to the group, that's all she talks about, at some point we need to pull her aside and be like, hey, listen, like I get that your cat died and it's it sucks, but we also have to move on and heal. We can't just, you know, sit there and talk about the same thing forever and attempt to help her get over that and, and move on in a healthy way. But there were, uh, the temptation was there even for me to be like, man, this is stupid. Why am I listening to this lady talk about her cat? I hate cats. I don't like cats all that much. But again, it's not my life. It's not me that's being affected by this. It's her. And it affected her. And did I lose anything by listening to her for 15 minutes? No. And she felt better afterwards because you could see her smiling. And she was more talkative, more like, oh, okay, I got that out. I talked to a gentleman one time for about three hours. He was a Vietnam vet. Told me, had one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. And he talked to me for about three hours. And at the end of our conversation, he stood up and he gave me a hug. And not like a, not like a quick bro hug, like pat, pat, you know, move on. No, it was like a full-on embrace. Buried his face in my shoulder with tears coming out of his eyes and running down his face. And he said, thank you. And I said, for what? He said, just listening. Just listening. Because I, I offered this man nothing. Nothing. I couldn't tell him. I couldn't really encourage him. I couldn't tell him anything good. You know, it was he had a, he was a he was a POW in Vietnam. And he'd been through this 40 years before he you know, 40, 50 years before he was telling me this story. You know, what am I supposed to just tell him it'll be okay? Like it, I don't I can't tell him that. He's dealing with more trauma than I'll hopefully ever have to deal with. But I listened. And he told me, he's like, I haven't been able to talk about that for a while. I, you know, he, he had talked about it. He'd worked through it. But he even said, he said, it's still good for me to bring it up and talk about it because it still helps me heal. And that was humbling to me. That this man who's been through more than I'll ever be going, the more than I'll ever go through. Was, was saying thank you to me for just listening. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I helped. I don't feel like I really did anything except maybe dredge up some old painful memories, but he was glad that we did. And he said, I'll probably cry myself to sleep tonight, but that's okay because that's another step 
on the, the healing journey. And that was extremely humbling to me. And that is what we need to be doing. Is again, not empowering victim mentality or victimhood. We're not empowering that. But being willing to take the time to listen. And if you can't listen, that's fine. Like, that's okay. Self-awareness is such a powerful thing. If you just realize that you're just a just a jerk sometimes and you just really don't have any empathy, that's fine. You've realized it. That's okay. Good on you for realizing it. Help them find someone who can. They're like, hey, I'd, I'd really like to talk about this. And you're like, really? You want to talk about that? Like, I couldn't care less. Don't say that to them. Don't tell them that. Tell them, hey, I'm not the person that you want to talk to about that because I, I don't understand. I've never been through that. I can't relate to you. Let me get you in touch with someone who can, who can help you. You are always going to have those people that try to abuse the system and be like, oh, I, I'm a victim because I went to boot camp. I'm a victim because my drill instructor yelled at me or I'm a victim because a bullet flew over my head one time and they, and they just act like it's the end of the world. You're always going to have that. You can't stop that no matter what. And I'm not talking about empowering those people. I'm talking about talking and listening and giving a willing ear to someone who has legitimately been through something. Even if you don't think it's a big deal, just because you don't think it's a big deal doesn't mean it's not to them. Like I'm a police officer. Okay. And I go to calls all the time. I, I go to dead bodies. I go to accident. And I'm not saying that like I'm, I'm bragging about this. What I'm saying is I go to these death investigations. Okay. I go to these bodies. And one day we had like three in a row. And I was like, okay, yep. Well, another body. And it doesn't really affect me a whole lot. But the people on the other side of that call, the relatives, the family, the friends, it's the, could be the worst day of their lives. And what am I supposed to just be like, oh, it's just another body, get over it. Like, oh, no. This is like quite literally the worst day of their life because their husband just died or their wife just died or their mom just died or their kid just died. Just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean it's not affecting somebody else. And we have got to stop acting like our trauma is so much worse or their trauma is just so little they shouldn't even be affected by it. You don't get to make that decision. You do not get to decide what affects people and what doesn't. Their minds are the ones that are affected. And if they need to get healing or work through something that happened to them, they need to do it or else they're not going to be healthy. We don't get to decide that. They do. And we have got to do a better job of at least being supportive and saying, yeah, well, you probably didn't talk to somebody. Because you can just ask them, did that affect you? Like, and if they're like, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Like, just ask some basic questions. Like, you know, do you think about it a lot? Like, does it, does it, does it make you upset when you think about it? Do you try to avoid thinking about it? 
And if they're like, yeah, I mean, I really, I don't like talking about it because it makes me really upset or I get really frustrated or I, I get really angry when I bring it up. Okay, then you need to talk to someone. And it may not be you. It, you may not be able to help them because you may be just a non-empathetic jerk and that's okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying if you understand that you are not the person that has the empathy to listen, guide them to someone who does and help them rather than just saying, oh, get over it. We have too much of that. We have to find the medium between don't be a victim and not being a victim. And I know that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It sounds odd. But you can't just look at someone and tell them not to be a victim. Because they may be a victim of something. But we also don't want to get to the point where we're just being a victim all the time. So I hope this encourages you guys, whether you're active duty or veterans or just, you know, a dad who's got a kid going through something or a mom who's got a daughter going through something. I don't, I don't know. Just understand, just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean that it doesn't affect them. We're all different. Things affect all of us differently. None of us are going to have the same reaction to... We, we could all be in the same car crash, and every single person is going to have a different reaction. We could all be in the same firefight and see the same death and destruction and chaos, and every one of us is going to have a different reaction every single time. And we have to remember that and do better about actually supporting people regardless of what we think or how we think that trauma should have affected them or shouldn't have affected them. That's not up to us to decide. We've got to do better. We've got to be there for each other. So I hope this encourages you guys. I love you guys. Thanks for listening again. You know, look forward to getting some more interviews in, but I'm just glad that I get to talk to you guys. I know there's, you know, maybe seven of you that listen to this, but if you think of somebody that this could help, you know, just share it with them and hopefully we can get the, the message out there and start kind of breaking down these walls of don't talk to me unless you've, you know, seen this or that because I'm better than you. We don't get to decide what affects people. And we need to stop wearing our trauma like a, a row of badges on our, a row of ribbons on our chest and showing it off like we're better than everybody else. So, hope this encourages you guys. All right. Love you guys. Hey guys, quick reminder, if you enjoyed the episode today, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, go to whatever platform you listen to these podcasts on. And leave a review. That's the best way to help us out. Uh, it gets a lot more traffic to us. So again, if you liked it, like, subscribe, and uh, leave a review. All right. Love you guys.